Assalamu alaikum. Um, welcome back everyone to the second part of our show. Um, we've been discussing the topic of ex-Muslims. So going on to um, our second part, we've sort of discussed a lot of numbers um, as to why people leave. Um, I, I wanted to ask sort of my co-hosts and, you know, even discuss myself about anyone we personally know that may have left the religion um, and sort of their reasoning, if we know that, um, and the journey that they've been through um, in terms of how people have reacted. Um, so, I mean, I'll go through someone I know, uh, and it's been quite a big impact on the family themselves. So this particular person, um, it, it, well, it's a sister. Um, she, you know, practicing family, um, but unfortunately lives in a community where there aren't many Muslims. So, you know, she wore hijab, you know, praying from a young age, uh, parents did the best they could, you know, teach them Islam, but obviously most of their education came from the masjid. Um, this particular person had a difficult time when they found out that their imam fell ill um, quite seriously, and they started to question, oh, you know, why would someone, you know, why would God or Allah make someone that ill? Um, and the response they got was like, look, this is just a test that they're going through you know maybe maybe the imam got ill so that another imam could come and teach you instead and maybe that imam would be better for you and they weren't quite happy with that answer and unfortunately that sort of led them to start questioning other things and um, they start speaking to their non-muslim friends um as i mentioned they live in a non-muslim community so they didn't have a lot of Muslims around them to begin with. So once you start having those sort of discussions, you start getting other ideas. Um, and what ended up happening, this person, they made a choice to stop wearing the hijab. Um, They're going through sort of a rebellious time, as you do in your early teens, uh, with their families, getting into arguments. Um, and eventually this person said, look, that's it. I'm going to leave the house. They thought, look, I'm, I'm going to, I don't like being in a house where Islam is has to be a part of your life um i don't really want to practice it so after they left the house and sort of moved away um they then decided look that's it now i'm just gonna say that i'm not muslim anymore and they told the family and it was very difficult for the family to hear as it you know as anyone would find it to be honest it, you know that's all you know and it's it, it's quite a i still feel like it's quite a new concept for families i feel like it's always going to take them by surprise to even think, oh, why, how could someone leave Islam? But yeah, for this particular family, it was a shock. The, the mother's been in tears, you know, every day, making dua constantly. Um, the father didn't know what to say because, you know, how do you react to that? So after they moved away, and obviously now they've told the family, look, I'm no longer Muslim. Um, the family are now having to sort of hide that now. That's like a secret. They don't want people to know. I mean, how can you go tell the community around you? You, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of shaming that happens within our community. Uh, people get excluded. Um, they don't get invited to things. And they'll just think, look, that influence. Some, the parents must have raised that child wrong. And they don't want anything to be, uh, they don't want anything to do with them anymore. Um, yeah, Hamza, did you have a question about that? Yeah, I mean, I... I don't know anybody personally that's left Islam and that that's it's really interesting to hear that so, so this particular person how how old were they when they ultimately made the decision to leave to leave Islam to leave Islam um, they were 18 
18 years yeah, old. Yeah, so, uh, but the, uh, when they started making, asking all these questions, they were quite young, maybe 13 years old. So that's when they're starting asking all these questions and that's a really important time in your life where you need sort of the right people around you to nurture you, especially about Islam. Um, so yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. They moved away from home, went abroad. They're now with someone and now they want to get married to this person, a non-Muslim. And it's like, obviously now the family won't really be able to hide that, you know, someone getting married, someone's going to hear about it. And I don't know, I don't know what, you know, what can happen. Is the family in regular contact with it with with the child? Yeah, they they are alhamdulillah. They stay they stay in touch with her. Um, her. So maybe you know they seems like they're on good terms. She comes home every now and then, but obviously when she's at home, it's not. It's a bit unsettling because obviously they're all quite a practicing family. You know they're doing their prayers, and then she's just not. <laughs> so she feels a bit awkward as well being there. I think is is probably an important bit there as well that um, the, the, that bit of Islamic identity and worship is quite important, isn't it, to a Muslim family? Definitely. So when yeah. when a member, yeah, you know, whether they they leave Islam altogether or choose not to pray, um, they can unintentionally feel like there's an us and them. Or that mm. particular person is different, even if it's not intended. Yeah. Even if it's not intended, and 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 she is absolutely okay with the rest of her family praying, or does she have an issue with that? Oh no, yeah, she, she's like, look, you guys do whatever you want, um, but don't force me to, do, um, you know, conform okay. to your ways. I don't believe in it. So, yeah, we're here. Uh, has she has she suffered any form of backlash? Is the word I guess. Um, as a result of that, well, the so, well, the family have kept it a secret, so no one apart from the family knows. Um, and in terms of the family themselves, they just they're trying to stay in touch with her, but you know that bond that you have with a child, it's just not mm. there. You can see like that love isn't really there like it used to be. You know, it is it's difficult. I don't know how how I would personally deal with that particular situation. I just think to myself. That's interesting. You said the love's not the love's not necessarily there. Do you, well, I I I, I, I I don't think I see it mm. compared to how I saw it before. To now, you can just see that there's just some distance there. And maybe that's it? maybe that's a natural thing. I don't know. Maybe that's not. Maybe the, you know there are other families out there who um, who relate to this where they find it difficult. You know, if their son or their daughter leave islam you know they feel like oh they're not as close to them as they were before because you know something in islam that's important is brotherhood sisterhood and you you have this closeness to someone else that's muslim now if this person isn't muslim um maybe regardless of whether they're family or not maybe you have those same sort of feelings you no longer feel close to that particular person and in terms of the family self so we talked about self-reflection last week yeah. so in terms of the family self-reflecting on this what do they think caused this or how do they think this happened no i mean i think well i don't know if other families would agree i think a lot of times families blame themselves so the mom's blaming herself she's saying oh i must have done something wrong even though her other daughters are fine you know she's got other the, daughters the triggering event was somebody passing away, wasn't it? 
So, it wasn't even passing it was someone falling really ill and falling could, ill sorry yeah and they could no longer be an imam at the masjid so that made them question okay why did this person get so ill and you know then they got a response saying that look it's just a test for that person and maybe there's another imam that will come that'll be able to you know teach you better um you know these are the things that muslims say to each other don't they when uh, some something bad happens in their life it's like look it's a test you know, maybe you're supposed to learn from it. Maybe there's something better. You know, these are standard responses we give to conflict. And do, and just based on what you've seen of that of that situation, is there any wisdom to take away from that? Because I mean, it, is it something that's inevitable that it can potentially happen? I mean, we've all got kids, and we may be in that situation. So if we were in that situation, or if you're in that situation, how would you deal with it differently? Or, or, or would you deal with it in the same way? Ooh, that's a really difficult that's one. A, in terms, that's yeah, a tough one, it, Yeah, it? it is a tough one. It is it's, a tough one. Yeah. The tough thing about it is the fact that we haven't been through that in, in that personal sense where it's our own child. Um, and that's where the tricky thing you know, We could sit here all day and say, I think I would do this, or I think I would respond like this. Mm. But until you go through that scenario yourself, mm. you never actually know what you w would actually do. Yeah, you would just hope that, inshallah, that you would be not necessarily supportive, but you would still be for, there for that person and you would try your best to try help them with any doubts that they have about the faith. I mean, it could be a case they don't want to hear anything anymore, but you would hope that you could still just here and there just try your best you know that's all you can really do i guess is to try bring them back to the faith if possible never say never i guess i think for me when when i hear about these kind of situations um it always comes back to the specific um stories or incidents that allah relays to us in the quran and through the sunnah um, I mean, the particular one about somebody falling ill, um, was it Shu'aib Shuaib who fell extremely ill? Ayub. Uh, Ayub, sorry. Ayub, um, Ayub, Ayub, he fell extremely ill. Um, and that was obviously somebody who was of the highest caliber amongst humanity. He was a prophet. And there's a reason that Allah tells us those stories, there's, you know, and Allah tells us that you will do you think you won't be tested in in health and things like that and he relays these incidents to say you're not alone this happened to those who were of the best caliber um and I think it's always a good point to resonate with those stories to say I'm going through what they went through so there's some similarities I guess mm. to draw yourself closer to to those mm. I said, I think in that situation, I think in that particular situation, the challenge is you're speaking mm. to a you're speaking to a 13 year old, and that's yeah. I think it depends really on the audience, um, but it sounded like the the 13 year old was somewhat practicing. But how yeah, well yeah. they would have received it? I mean, yeah, I mean, the they've had a cultural upbringing, though. That's mm. the other thing. I mean, yeah, they're practicing, they're praying, but you know, they rely, the family rely on the masjid to teach them about Islam. You know, they can only tell them so much at home. You know, we all know what it's like 
to be a Muslim mm. from you know being raised by our parents um, who just sort of have a cultural understanding of Islam. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of these parents, they sort of rely on the masjid, the imams to do the rest. Out of curiosity, you know, when this um, sister left Islam, um, was it because she blamed Islam or blamed Allah, or what was the? Do, do you know that? Do you know the defining reason? I don't because obviously I'm looking at it from sort of the outside. I only mm. know so much about the family, but um, I think obviously it, it sent them on that path. You know, because I don't think before then they really questioned it. So they got to that age where they've seen something happen now, and then oh, mm. why? Why would someone be so ill? You know, and. They've asked that question to somebody, didn't like the response, then they started mm. asking more questions that sort of led them down that path. I mean, do you Raheel, do you have any stories or anything, Raheel, of anyone you know that's sort of been through something similar? Um, yeah, I know somebody who in their younger years would pray, um, though I, I, I don't know if I could say whether that was because of, you know, the cultural ritual aspect where there's a lack of spirituality or whether there was spirituality there or not. Um, but after a certain point, he stopped praying, um, and, and I asked him about that, and his response was something to the effect of, I've been through that phase in my life, um, and I'm not sure if that was meant to be that I've done my praying and, and I'm done with that, or if that was actually I'd, I'm done with Islam in my life kind of response. I'd, I never really probed it any further, um, but later in life, I noticed that this individual wouldn't respond to like even salam you know i said salam alaikum and they wouldn't respond mm. and and i thought that was just because they had a lack of interest in practicing islam um until the point where they actually said you know i, I don't believe i just don't believe anymore um i've tried it's just not in my heart uh, and that's really what it came down to for this individual um after that point really and 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 is this in the uk or is this in the, UK, in the UK in the UK and 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 how how old was this particular person um similar age to myself okay so um, I, I'm I'm in my mid-30s now so but but at, at the time when you at were the having... time um we we're talking about within the last 10-15 years so maybe even I don't know when the turning point was for him but that conversation would have taken place I would say within the last 10 years and do you think that person was sort of open to having discussions to understanding definitely, the religion definitely. a bit more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his siblings um, were and are practicing, and and they'd have that conversation around that, and you know they wouldn't pressure him or anything like that. They just try and help him understand, and he'd ask questions. But I think for him, ultimately, it came down to it's just not in my heart. It's just not something I can believe and. I think that's one of the things that Muslims do find hard to kind of accept almost when somebody says, I don't believe it anymore, mm. that Islam is something in the heart. You can't put it onto somebody. You know, it's not an outwardly, you know, it's not like a, a garment. You can't just put it onto somebody. It has to be something that they choose and they firmly accept. I think that's a very good point because when people say, the exact same thing to become Muslim and to join Islam. Yeah, why well, mm. is in my heart and I just felt that Islam was a truth. We accept it wholeheartedly and it's, yeah, yeah, it's great, makes perfect sense. But then when somebody uses that same line to leave it, 
all of a sudden it becomes a bit of an issue. Mm, that's an interesting point. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so, so you felt you were able to discuss and explore things further with this particular person. Um, the, the, as in they would reciprocate, they were willing to listen or was it I just think, a case think, of, look, I'm, I'm not interested, leave me alone. I just, I just don't. No, I, th- I think if, if there was something I could have contributed to the conversation as it were, um, I don't feel like he would have been, uh, you know, responding in the sense of I'm not interested because um, he'd already had many discussions with his siblings. So, um, but I think he felt that, you know, look, I've, I've gone through all of these conversations with my siblings. I'm not sure if there's anything else that could be covered here. Um, and I don't want to be the, the guy who, you know, pressures yeah. anybody because if he's already been through it, then you know, what's the point in backtracking in, in that respect? It's going to be down to him. Yeah. And how did the sort of the family react to that then? Obviously, he's made this active choice. I'm guessing the family all know now that he's declared himself to be no longer a Muslim then, yeah? Um, whether the, the wider family know or not, I'm not too sure. Um, but I, I don't think it's impacted majorly the um, relationships, you know, on a one-to-one basis because of that. Um, I, I think the relationships are still there, but obviously you know, siblings and the family would be upset naturally, yeah. as anybody would be. Mm. That's quite interesting because obviously my story and obviously your story, it shows that even though the families were unhappy with the choice that was made, they still, you know, kept them within the family, you know, they still kept them part of the family. And that that's quite interesting because when you read online about, you know, some of the stories that I hear, they're quite shocking about how the families have reacted to it. You know, and it's not just Muslims either, you know, other religions, you know, where people leave the faith. It's quite shocking some of the things that you read where, you know, they're getting kicked out from the family, you know, uh, people don't want anything to do with them. Sometimes it's violence. It's quite crazy, to be honest. And alhamdulillah, it's good to know that there are families who are still quite understanding and they don't want to exclude people just because of a choice that they made. And inshallah, maybe Allah brings them back and... You know, we can guide them back. Um, and actually, I mean, actually, I think it's an interesting point there as well because it's not just a case of people leave. Yeah, people leave the religion of Islam, and yeah, it's all the Muslims that go crazy, and that's that's just specific to our religion, and nobody else's. Yeah, definitely others. It, yeah, it, it it is a common theme, and. I mean, I've heard some stories about people that have become Muslim um, and have had some real major issues with their families as a result of it. And also, yeah, th- this isn't something unique to our religion. It's it's common across the board. Actually, just going back to that Pew research, um, the statistics from that, they talked about Christianity in the US and they were saying that there's 20... 23% of the same number of Christians leave as Muslims, 23%, but Christianity only has 6% that convert into the religion. So they lose 23% every year, but they get 6% at the end of the year, whereas Muslims it's sort of 23 out and then 23 in. It's the same number of people becoming Muslims. So it's just interesting to see actually this is a common thing so I wonder whether there's an argument there to say that actually this is something inevitable 
and us as a Muslim community should be not necessarily just accepting, but understand that this is going to happen, that there are people that just drift away or, you know, no longer identify as Muslim for whatever reason. And that, you know, we have to, to a large extent, just accept it. We can do whatever, yeah, we can try and reduce that or, you know, try and inform mm. people better. But, you know, inevitably, people will leave. And there's nothing you can do to prevent that altogether. It's the same with any religion or even, yeah. you know, or even atheism or, mm. or even people of no religion. Yeah, there's people of no religion that start believing in religion or start believing in a god or spirituality mm. or whatever it is. So people change all the time. I think that's the difficult part, isn't it? just accepting it um and there there are a lot of issues people muslims have doubts about of a lot of things um and we just need to be better equipped to deal with it um we've mentioned before there are organizations out there um maybe we need to have them more publicly available more accessible so that for people that mm. aren't able to answer these questions, as Raheel mentioned, you know, this person had siblings who tried to answer the question to the best of their abilities, these doubts and stuff, but it wasn't enough. Maybe they, maybe if they went to an external organization, it may, may work out better. It may not, but it's just having them there. Actually, reading through, just to add on to your point, Chef, um, reading through those Reddit conversations, what really made me sad was how people tried to approach, you know, whether you want to call them people of knowledge or whatever it is, try to approach other people to discuss these things and they got shot down and they felt, um, you know, they felt excluded. They felt let down um, by people who could have or should have helped. And I think that was, that for me was very sad. That was really sad to see. Yeah, and you, they mentioned things like feeling lonely, feeling excluded, and this is something we need to avoid. Um, as Muslims, you know, we shouldn't exclude people. Um, and I think we just need to come together a bit more as a community, I guess. I was just, you know, thinking that, you know, we've talked a lot about people leaving Islam and how that impacts the Muslim community and how we respond to that. Um, but conversely, I think it's quite interesting how we don't necessarily have the same response or concern, I should say, for somebody when perhaps they're not praying. So they say they're Muslim, but they're not doing these other things. Where's the concern in those things? Surely that's a sign of cracks and weaknesses. But you're not addressing those things, I think. Actually, just to throw in there a little bit of data as well. I've, been, I've, I've, I've got quite a fair bit of data. Actually, within the UK, there was some research done by Ipsos Murray. Um, so they're one of the big uh, market research type companies. And they said that half of Muslims um, had uh, not undertaken any religious activity in the past 12 months. And that was almost double for females than it was for males. So I just thought I'd throw that bit of data in there as well. So around a half, but actually yeah. the report, the report was saying that Muslims are actually quite religious. They were saying a half is a very good number. Half of them are praying. <laughs> they were saying that's a very good number compared to other religions. Mm -hmm. 
So it depends how you want to look at it. Yeah. Glass half yeah. full, or glass half yeah, empty. Yeah. Maybe we can explore that, inshallah, in a future episode or something. Um, but it's been quite interesting. I mean, we need to wrap up, unfortunately. So jazakallah khair for everyone uh, listening. Uh, please, if you have any feedback, any comments, send it through to us. Inshallah, we're doing this every week, um, every Sunday. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>